It's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. 866-95-PATRIOT, 957-2874. Tom Pennsylvania, I'm going to ask you to hold on because I have a guest, and I want to get to that, of course, and uh, not to be rude. Sometimes I do go to the caller, but this case will go to our guest. Let's take on another aspect of the Democrats' efforts to pack the Supreme Court. And an issue which I know is a hot-button issue around education for many in America, which is, in this case, the head of the Grace Church School in New York City privately admitting, but now known because there's a tape, to another teacher that the school is indoctrinating students with progressive politics and anti-racist orthodoxy. Yeah, I said that right. Progressive politics in anti-racist orthodoxy. Monsignor Jim Lasanti, host of Personally Speaking on the Catholic Channel at Sirius XM Channel 129, joins me now. Jim, good morning. How are you? Good to be on with you, David. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for joining us, part of the Sirius XM family. Nice to uh, cross over, as we say in the business, you and I. So let's talk about the attorneys general first, uh, opposing the Democrats' efforts to pack the court and what that can mean, because I believe that leads into our second topic. Well, you know, obviously I'm against the packing. I think it was stupid when Roosevelt tried to do it. I think it's dumb under Biden as well. And it's a, let's face it, it's a, it's a power play, much as the desire to make Washington, D.C. is a power play. What's amazing to me is that, as you, as you mentioned before, David, there's no mandate for this. You know, we're not talking about a landslide. We're talking about you know, literally a one-vote uh, wiggle room in the Senate and, and a very small uh, advantage in the House. So the idea that Joe Biden has the, the power and mandate to do these things is amazing to me. But a power grab, nonetheless, and I'm sure the, the Democrats would say that placing Amy Coney Barrett on the court was also a power play, which I guess in some way it is. Uh, people have the advantage and they take it. But that doesn't make it right. Uh, and I'm, I think that uh, if Biden really wants to unite the country, that the president should should try a little harder to see our, our perspective on these things, which clearly he's not. I, I was raised, too, David, as you probably were, with the notion that you, you can spend all you want. Um, that's what my parents told me, as long as you earn it. And so these uh, trillions of dollars that we're adding on to our, our federal budget is amazing to me, too, because uh, there's hope that they'll be able to pay for it, but it just seems like a a pie-in-the-sky when you die kind of idea that somehow or another the money will all miraculously appear to cover these incredible programs, all of which are desirable. Who doesn't want free things? We all do. But uh, can you pay for them? And the answer, I think, is going to be no. So I'm sorry for wandering on all these topics, but I think the president is uh, going a bridge too far in terms of the things he's uh, promising to deliver, whether it's court packing or uh, his effort to spend trillions of dollars on on building what he calls infrastructure, which is really just a liberal agenda, I'm afraid. Well, first of all, never apologize for wandering, Jim. We're hosts. That's what we do. <laughs> we wander into different aspects of topics. So that, that is that is clearly what we do as a profession and why our audiences stay with us or sometimes call and tell us, hey, you're wandering too That's much. That's right. But you, know, you use the word power. You know, I've said for probably most of my life that if given a choice between power and money, I would want power because power can be used for good or it can be used for bad. 
But power is something that if you truly have it, you will use and you will not lose. Power grabs are about crushing other people for the left. The, yes. the economic crush on this nation is a math problem. There, there's no other way to define it, uh, certainly many other ways to discuss it. The power grab in the Supreme Court, and you mentioned FDR, which very few people uh, really understand and talk about, was a case that where a Democrat, John Knox, a judge on his way to the Supreme Court, stopped FDR because he saw what was bad for the world. Winston Churchill wrote him a letter. I've read the letter, held the letter, that he saved democracy for the world. But that power grab in the Supreme Court, that weaponization of the Supreme Court as a political body, has been done in other countries like Venezuela, Chile, and others to destroy freedoms. And one of those freedoms in this country is, you know, the freedom to speak your mind, to not be canceled, to not be shut down. If the Democrats had their way, we see the Constitution and our constitutional system being perverted. That's how I look at it. And now to this school in New York. I mean, if you have indoctrination deliberate by leadership, that power is being taken away from the parents. Yeah. And, and, and it's always been the standard that the parent is the central role model and teacher of all our children, that schools exist to certainly assist them, but that it's the parent's role to determine the form and shape of, of kids, and that's being taken away in New York. Look, you know, bias uh, and bigotry, wherever it comes from, is wrong. My church has said for years, racism is a sin. We accept that. But uh, rever- reversing racism, where instead of a bigotry against people because of the color of their skin, if it happens to be African-American, and now we, we bias people against people because they're white, is equal ignorance. It was uh, Senator uh, Tim Scott, in, if you saw his, his response to President Biden, who said, America is not a racist country. It's backwards to fight discrimination with different discrimination. It's backwards to fight discrimination with different discrimination. And it's wrong to try to use our painful past to dishonestly shut down debates in the present. And I think uh, Senator Scott is right on there. Uh, to, to brainwash, to propagandize uh, kids today, uh, to make them feel guilty for being white is, is uh, counterproductive. It does nothing good. And that's what's happening in some of the schools. Just a, if I can, David, there's a, a guest I had on, personally speaking, my show, Kyle MacArthur, Broadway actor, a young man, went to Regis High School. And I said to him, you know, did the Jesuits at Regis High School make you see things their way. And he said, no. He said, the greatness of Regis High School, he said, is they, they don't teach us what to think, but they teach us how to think and let us make our own decisions. What I'm seeing in the schools you're talking about, these elite schools in New York City, is they're not teaching people how to think. They're telling them what to think. And that's never the purpose of education. I won't hold it against him for going to Regis as a St. <laughs> Peter's guy and my parents, my dad as a Fordham guy and his brothers, but uh, I won't hold okay. that against him. However, th- that it's an important point that if you take this away from the parents, it, it, we often have the debate or the discussion publicly about what goes on in public schools, yep. uh, you know, the focus on education and the misapplication of funding away from education. But when we see this in the private schools, what power you know, when it comes to the Gray School in New York City, certainly a, you know, a school of some note as a private school, what power do the parents have? Well, to me, they have the ultimate power because what people are leaving out of this discussion is the amazing thing that while they're very sensitive to racism, uh, the, the administration, that is, uh, you, you do wonder to yourself when people are paying forty and $50,000 a year for a child's education, 
doesn't the parent have a right to input? Um, and that's an extraordinary amount. That's more than uh, any private uh, Catholic or public school spending per student. And for that, you lose the right to uh, have a say in your child's education. It's it's outrageous. And I'm glad, uh, you know, about that one case of the, the teacher who stood up to the principal and happily taped the principal admit that, yeah, we're making kids feel guilty about being white. And uh, how in the world does that serve education or the expanding of our mind? It doesn't. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking parents do have power, and I'm glad parents are standing up and saying, no, if I have to withdraw my child out of the school, I will. And maybe when you have 10, 12, 15 students who stop going to that school and paying $54,000 a year, maybe the administration will get the idea, let's help our students to learn how to think, not tell them what to think. Uh, you and I both know that that's the heart and soul of communist China's education system of the Soviet Union when it still existed. Let's make them think what we want them to think. We know it was wrong in the communist model, and it's certainly wrong in the American model. Yeah, and when you see this, one of the things that, you know, and I actually use, I say I'm offended by this approach uh, at the Grace School that they would do this, is in the middle of Grace in school is church. And the institution, the principles, the Christian principles the Judeo-Christian principles of this nation have been significantly important in overturning racism, sexism, the suffragette movement, equality across the ages for those that are disadvantaged or disabled. Uh, Those values have led us here, but this is completely contrary to that. You know, David, you rightly said before um, that power is an amazing thing, and, and teachers and administrators have it. But you hope that they'll use their their power responsibly in a way that again opens the mind. Even going back to President Biden, you know, as a, a man who's well liked by people, he's a, a you know charming, nice, down to earth, seeming seemingly nice guy, and uh, people seem to like him. But he has now an authority to form and shape so many debates that he's unwilling to. And I give you one that's close to my heart. Um, we're now in the Democratic Party. We're now insane on the issue of abortion. Nine months right to abortion, get the government to pay for it. Uh, no parental right to even know your minor child is having an abortion. No informed consent. Craziness, craziness, craziness. Mr. Biden, who for years was moderately, moderately pro-choice, pro-life, is in the perfect position to say, look, I'm president. I'm probably only going to be president in four years. But let me use this power, this moral authority I have to say we've gone too far that we're the richest country in the world, that we have uh, several hundred thousand people who want to adopt every year, and the nine-month right to abortion, the million point two abortions in our country every year, is too much. We need to slow this down, take a look at how we can, we can do a better job. He's not doing that. He's capitulating completely. A man who for years said, I'm against the Hyde Amendment, I'm for the Hyde Amendment, I don't think we should use federal tax dollars to pay for other people's abortions, now says, hey, forget about what I said for 45 years. I'm going to go with... Uh, the, uh, the the permissive uh, approach to abortion. My point is that power, whether it's in the classroom, whether it's in school administration, whether it's in the White House, should be used responsibly to open up the mind and see other possibilities, to bring people together. The president's not doing that, and certainly the administrators of these private schools with their wokeness are not doing it either. Yeah. You know, my parents taught me that power requires that you have the facts, you do the critical thinking, back to your point about, yes. you know, the, the being taught to think, not what to think. By the way, Monsignor, this is what I say, maybe I may I offer a little bit of advice from the uh, from the pulpit and from an from a former altar boy, as I like to say <laughs> at times when applicable, that, you know, there's a powerful statement and I've used it for years. There's only one race human. 
Yeah. Now, I add a second line to that. Procreation is proof. My point, the biological example helps take us away from the argument that the color of our skin, the accident of our birth based on our parentage defines us, the texture of hair or the gender. There's only one race human, and procreation yeah. is proof. Offer that to the congregation. I've been offering it to mine, in a sense, in an audience for 30 years. I like that a lot, David. And if I can add to that, uh, something I've been thinking about lately is our president was telling us about our systemic racism and uh, how terrible we are. I was thinking, I wonder if he realizes that by promoting, uh, you know, federal funding for abortion and things like that, how racist that is. And that you've got in this country, the African-American population makes up 12 percent of the population. But at last count, they were responsible for 39 percent of the abortions in this country. So when a president like Biden promotes abortion and says he's sensitive to the problems of racism, isn't it a form of racism uh, to genocidally say, I'm going to come up with the money to pay for more abortions, even though I know that's not serving the black community because it's increasing abortion. Instead of trying to fix the society and make people able to have children and not live in poverty, well, let's just eliminate the children. It's, it's insane. And if, as you probably know, we're not even replacing ourselves in terms of our birth rate right now. Um, anyway, I'd love to have President Joe Biden on the show with you, too, and we could have a good chat, David, about uh, some of the choices he's making and hopefully some of the, the return to conscience on his part to challenge the country to be more expansive, more inclusive, more open-minded about seeing a racism as a sin that isn't isn't good or bad for one race or the other, but bad for everybody. Anyway, back to you, David. What, what, what do you want to ask me? <laughs> you know, I, I think we're doing fine. Matter of fact, I need a fill-in host sometimes. So <laughs> you got the job. You got the job, Jim. No, it, look, it, the val the value system which is used. You know, I, let, let's. I, we have to go to break eventually, but that's okay. Sure. It's my show. That's the beauty of this. Uh, the value system matters to me, and in this sense, uh, President Biden uses his Catholicism when it suits him. So does Nancy Pelosi. Your yeah. point about you know what the, where they stand versus where the church stands uh, when it comes to abortion or other issues for that matter, and he uses it. I'd like someone to actually ask him where he stands on truly matching his, quote, Catholic boy from Scranton. Well, he's not really from Scranton anymore, but right, Scranton, right. Pennsylvania values, because that is blatantly obvious. How, how do you feel about that? How do you see it? You know, whether, whether you're Catholic or any kind of Christian, everything we believe about the sanctity of life is based not only on the concept of God as the author of life, but also on science that you know from the moment of of, uh, of conception that this is a unique individual, but I, I'm troubled as you are by his use of the, the the whole Catholic approach to things. It's it's look. Jesus says in the Gospel, uh, "Woe to him who hurts the little ones. Better a millstone should be tied around his neck and he be thrown into the river than to hurt the little ones." That's true about the unborn child, but it's also true about any of these victims of sex abuse in the church. Anytime you hurt one of the little ones, you have to know that the founder of the faith is not a happy person. And uh, and I, I just, when Joe and Nancy come up with some kind of rationalization for how they can support unrestricted abortion and still call themselves Catholic, uh, it's it's a game they're playing, and it's it's the great lie, which we know in the Soviet Union worked so well. I know you have to go to a break in a moment, but David, my my approach has been, and I wish Joe Biden and Nancy would try this too, 
let, let's get as many people into the dialogue as possible. This show I, I host on the Catholic Channel, personally speaking, I'll have someone like, uh, you know, Governor Scott Walker this week, who's a devout Christian and, you know, politically conservative. But also, I also have at the same time uh, a guy like Ed Asner, the actor who calls himself uh, both an atheist uh, and a non-believer. And by the way, great with Ed Asner, you would love this. I said, Ed, you're 92 years old. You call yourself an atheistic Jew. Are you still at 92 an atheist? And he said to me, let's just say, Monsignor Jim, that as I get closer to the end, I sure hope you people are right. You know? <laughs> I remember. I, want, yeah, I remember I want to have, using I want to have that line. All perspectives and this shutdown, this political correctness, this cancel culture of the Bidens and the Pelosi's. Uh, it's just insane and in that one of the greatnesses of our country is that First Amendment right, the ability for you and me to speak our truth and to listen to other people's truth and not try to shut anybody down, whether it's in private schools in New York or in the Congress itself. You know, in order to speak truth, you also have to listen. That word you just used, you have to be willing to listen and hear. They yes. go well together. Uh, Monsignor Jim Lasanti, uh, again, one of our hosts here at Sirius XM on the Catholic Channel, Channel 129, with Personally Speaking podcast. And he's all over the place, and he's on this show. Jim, we got to have you back on, Jim. I really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you for having me, David, and I, I really appreciate the opportunity to dialogue. Um, I learned from you. I hope I, I gave something to reflect on, too. But I just appreciate so much your openness to listen, and let's hope that what that gift you have of listening will be uh, more widely experienced by the leadership of our country. Thank you, David. Thank you, Jim. 866-95-PATRIOT, 957-2874. And by the way, don't forget to check out the Catholic Channel on uh, Sirius XM, Channel 129. I'll be right back. You can join me live on the David Webb Show, Monday to Friday, 9 to noon east, on Sirius XM, Patriot 125.